but it, it is, gives me amazing, great pleasure. She's a woman that can do so many things. It's moving from the drums into the preaching pool, but please let's stand up and let's welcome Maddie as she comes to bring the Word of the Lord. Come on. We love you, Maddie. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Thanks, everybody. Um, Well, the first thing on my notes here is to pray, (laughs) but Daryl's already established the atmosphere that that I think is needed tonight because what I'm going to do tonight is not so much a teaching, it's not so much, um, it is a preach, but what I want to do is I'm aware that the Lord has been shaking things and we've had people testify in internship intakes about the, the magnitude of the shaking that's happened in their lives. And I'm aware that He's shaking everything so that the only thing that can remain is what can't be shaken. And that's the Kingdom of the Lord. So while we're on that journey, it says, don't lose heart or grow weary in doing good, for in due time you will reap if you, if you don't give up. And so, it's true, you can clap, that's all right. <laughs> and so what I want to do tonight is really exalt, I suppose, the mandate that we have here while we're on earth in wartime being ambassadors of the kingdom. And um, sometimes it's an exhortation. I'm gonna call tonight an exhortation. I want to, that's why we've got the pads on because I want you to sort of, I'm not putting the pads on to you know, psychologically manipulate you into going to heaven or anything like that. But it's, it's, it's so that your gates are open because I want, I think what I'm gonna to say tonight is gonna to be more caught than it is taught, as Todd would say. Um, and it's an exhortation, but I am gonna pray just for my own sake. Um, Lord, I just thank You for the atmosphere that You've established in this room. Lord, I thank You for Your mountain. I thank You for Mount Zion. I thank You for the heavenly company that we're already a part of. I thank You for all the saints. I thank You for all the angels. I thank You for the cloud of witnesses that are at the base of Your throne. I thank You, Lord, for a convergence between heaven and earth in this sanctuary. I thank You. We invite all angelic hosts. We invite the cloud of witnesses. We invite all those in heaven to join us tonight. I thank You, Lord, that we're part of a heavenly company and a heavenly mandate much greater than we understand. But I thank You that we're the ones that are holding the fort on the earth in this time. So I thank You for that reality, Lord. I thank You for the mandate that we have. And Lord, would there be a grace in this room for me to speak and release Your mountain. I thank You for a grace for the heads of all people in this room to be lifted, to see the reality and the beauty of Your mandate. I thank You for that, Lord. Would there be a spirit of engagement and a spirit of clarity in this room. I thank You, Lord, for Your Kingdom. I thank You that the Kingdom of Heaven doesn't come with observation, but it comes from within. So I thank You for a grace to release Your Kingdom. In the Name of Jesus. Eunice, you're up there now. Thank you for doing that. Um, can you please put up the first Scripture from 2 Timothy? So I'm going to read this Scripture and I'm going to break it down um, because this really, for me, I'm going to paint a picture. So everything I'm saying, you know, in, in, on the earth there's types and shadows. So, so marriage is a shadow, being a father is a shadow and, and, and I believe that obviously being a soldier is a shadow of what we're called to do here. So I want you to see through the parables or the, 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 the natural things I'm talking about and connect to why, you were, why you're here now. Um, so it says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Next one. Because no one engaged in warfare. Now, at other times in other translations, that Scripture says, No soldier in active service entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And so if I break down certain words, I'm gonna take certain words out of that Scripture to, to paint a picture. The word soldier there, if you go back to the first verse that I, that I had, two, verse three, 
um, as a good soldier, that word soldier, if you go down to the, the origins of the word, it literally means one who's camping out. So you know that the Scriptures talk about, um, Peter says, soon I must put off this tent. And James says, your life is but a vapour. So it's like when you go out into the cold and you breathe and you see a breath, it's literally like that and then it's gone. And in the scheme of eternity, that is your presence in this earthen dimension. You have a very short time to establish what you're called to establish here, but you are sent here with an assignment and a mandate that you have to establish within that period. And um, it, it talks about a camper, but also within that word, it talks about, um, the word actually means to furnish something, like to furnish a room. So to come into a room that's empty and then furnish it and then go. That's basically what it's talking about. So you can see there's, that, that's part of the mandate to come to this earth. But it also says the next one, no one engaged in active service or warfare. That word warfare means a campaign or a cause. It talks somewhat of apostles who are, who are sent to establish something and build something. Um, it says, thank you. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> it says, uh, no one entangles himself, which means don't be entwined with the affairs of this life. And you think, well, how can I be on this earth and not be entangled with the affairs of this life? But if you look into the root word of life there, it actually, it means bios, which as Todd talks about bios, it's physical, earthen life, it's your dust, it's your flesh. And it talks about, it means do not be earthbound in your perspective. So there's many Scriptures that talk about that. There's one that says, my soul clings to the dust, revive me according to your Word. There's a Scripture about mire, about being stuck in miry clay, clay, dust, flesh. Um, it says, He pulled me out of the miry clay and He set my feet upon a rock. So you cannot be entangled with the flesh or the bios realm. Basically what that Scripture is saying is that you have to be consumed with what is everlasting. Um, and so it, it does say that. It says, keep your mind on things above where Christ is, is seated. It says, because the things that are, that are carnal, that are fleshly are temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so this, everything that you build in the, in the carnal fleshly realm is going to pass away, but anything you build in the eternal realm is gonna last forever. And so, so that's the mandate that we have here as soldiers on the earth, okay? So that, I want you to take that and I'm gonna continue to paint this picture. Um, I want to talk about my granddad for a second. And he, he knows I'm speaking tonight. I didn't tell him how to get to this link. I didn't want him to watch it live. <laughs> but he'll, he'll want to watch the recording because his name's Graham and he was a soldier uh, in, in, the, in the army. He was a, um, a lieutenant in the Corps of the Engineers. And he was, then he got promoted to captain and then ultimately major. And he was, he was involved in all sorts of things like bridge and road design, um, mine warfare and all sorts of um, really technical things, um, electrical and mechanical works and things like that. And he was very, I didn't know he was a soldier. Like, I mean, I would have known in the back of my mind, but it wasn't until I went to his 80th birthday and they had pictures of him all up on the walls where he was in just full army like regalia. And I saw it and I was like, wow, this is like, I didn't know this was you, Grandad. And at that time I didn't have a, actually as growing up, I was terrified of warfare in that I didn't understand I had friends that wanted to join the armed forces, but I didn't understand why someone would submit themselves to such incredible risk and terror and perpetual, like, perpetually being on edge. Uh, I just never understood it. But my granddad, he, he really wanted to serve and he wanted to get posted overseas. And he served, he just didn't get posted. They, they, they said to him, I think, as the story goes, they're like, we're gonna send you overseas. He's like, good, yeah, I wanna go overseas. And, um, and they're like, okay, you're going to Tasmania. <laughs> And he went to Tasmania and he never got to go anywhere else overseas. But, but 
w the picture I want to paint with my granddad is from a, from that young age, with having not much understanding of war and being a child of peacetime. Like I will never understand, or I hope I'll never understand, what it meant to be alive in in a in a, in a context of extreme physical risk. Um, I just don't have that 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 grid, and and for that reason, maybe I don't have uh, the value of a flag or a nation that someone like he would. Um, but but I found out that he was when I found out that he was captain and whatever. For so, something in me um, really respected that, and I, I asked him. To, I don't know why I did it, but I just did it, and it'll make sense at the end. But I, I, used to, I asked him, "Can you teach me how they would salute you?" And um, he taught me the different. There's, there's closed hand and there's open hand, and if you, you're meant to do it this way, because then they you can see that you're not concealing a weapon. And I just that was that's how, and we still we still do that. Like I'll greet him with a salute because as a, it's not like a weird like hi granddad like <laughs> it's like it's just like a, I love you and I respect you um, and 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 so he got me into it's not like hi no but I do do that like he went into surgery the other day and when I was saying goodbye I was like see ya and he was like see ya and I'm like hope I see you again you know and he, and he did come out and and he'll, he'll watch this but um he got me into the Anzac. He, he, he opened my eyes to, to the, 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 the Anzacs and, and, so, and, I don't know, war. And, 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 and I started going to dawn services on Anzac Day with him and also to the Anzac Day parade. And um, not with him to the parade, but I'd go and I just started engaging with this whole thing and I didn't quite know what I was engaging with, but something in me resonated. Like I said, we're talking about shadows here because it says in the Scriptures, it says... Um, well, if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, you'll see all sorts of different patterns and shadows through life that testify of God. But it says in Romans, it says the invisible attributes of God are clearly seen by the things which are made. Which means that if you're looking, you'll see and you'll actually be able to see the invisible attributes of God. They'll become visible to you through things down here. And so um, I started going to these parades and first off, I just loved the ceremony, to be honest. I found the aesthetic very beautiful. Like I found the, the, the military uniforms, the way that they marched, the, the hierarchy and the ranks, the order, um, the the form and posture, I found it very beautiful because obviously being a soldier, while not everybody, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to glorify war and I'm not saying every soldier goes in with noble ambitions, but it doesn't matter because they're still submitting to a mandate of sacrifice. It doesn't matter if they went in because it was a boys club. It doesn't matter if they went in because their friend did it. They're still submitting. And you'll see through a picture that I put up later, it doesn't matter how you came to be a soldier, you're submitting to a mandate of sacrifice that's far greater than yourself. And um, so I'd go and I'd watch these soldiers. And um, and when lockdown, this is a funny story actually, and I know she's watching too, but when um, lockdown happened in 2020, I was living with Nick and Christina and they, they, we weren't able to go to any marches or any dawn services or anything like that. And so the army or whoever it was put out a nationwide thing and they said, uh, if you want to honour the Anzacs at six o'clock in the morning on Anzac Day, go and stand at the top of your driveway and just pay your respects. And I thought, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um, and so at six o'clock in the morning on Anzac Day, I was living with them at the time. They have like a kind of a driveway that kind of goes up. And I, what, was that funny? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's steep, yeah. And so I walked up and I stood at the top of this driveway and it was dark and there was a family down the road and they had the, the last post playing. And they had, you meant to have a candle, I didn't have one. I just wanted to be up there and just be like, I'm here. Like, I've I don't understand this, you know, the full extent of what it would have cost to be a soldier, but I want to pay my respects. And there was another guy down the road, he was standing there and they have a view of the city and I looked over the city and I thought, well, to be honest, this is what they paid for. Like, to be honest, even if you think about Dunkirk, the Battle of Dunkirk, if Winston Churchill did not do what he did 
um, and they sacrificed all the troops. For those of you who know the story, there was about 5,000 in a place called Calais. They sacrificed them all so that they get the 300,000 out of Dunkirk. And if that did not happen, um, most of the English army would have been lost and the state of the world would be radically different now. So our peacetime is bought by the blood of these soldiers, you know, and I'll never understand that because I've not, well, maybe, hopefully, I mean, maybe 20 years time is World War Three or whatever, like who knows, but I hope that I'll never understand it. To, do you know what I mean? Well, who knows, you know? Um, but, and so I did that, I drove off, I went, saw my dad, not that you need to know that, but that's what I did. And then, then I came home at the end of the day and Christina was like, you know, did you have a good day? And I said, yeah, I did, I did. It was Anzac Day and I, and, and I, couldn't, I couldn't go to any of the services and, or the dawn service. So they, said, they put out this thing and they said, um, and I'm painting a picture, I am getting to a point. Um, stand at the top of your driveway and, um, and pay your respects that way. So I said, I went out at six o'clock and I st- went out to the top of your driveway and I just stood there and I just paid my respects and then I went else- elsewhere and she goes, you did what? And I said, oh, it was Anzac Day. Six o'clock, they said, they said, stand at the top of your driveway, pay your respects, and then that's what I did. And she goes, she goes, so at six o'clock in the morning, did you go and stand at the top of my driveway? I said, yeah, yeah, I did. And I'm thinking, she's really like, oh my gosh, she's, you know, thinking highly of me now. She's like, she's like Can, so you went and stood at the top of my driveway at six o'clock in the morning? I said, yes, I did. She said, at the top of my driveway. I said, I, I did. And she's like, and did anybody see you there? And I said, well, I don't know. She's like, well, she said, I don't want people to think we're those types of neighbours. She said, I don't want people to think we're part of the Lions Club, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And she means no disrespect to the Anzac. She just has a brain that works in a funny way. And and so I, I didn't get the glory that I wanted from her, but that was all right. Um, and so anyway, that, saying that, this, this year they, re, they reinitiated the, the march. And so I went to it on Anzac Day um, and they do this thing where, you know, they march down North Terrace. So you've got the governor that comes out first. It's really beautiful. I find it aesthetically beautiful. So, so the governor comes out and waves at you if, if, if she's on your side. And, and, and then the, the, the mounted police come and then it proceeds, it goes Navy, Army, Air Force. And they all march according to their units. I am painting a picture, so hang with me. Um, and the units, well, because a lot of the veterans are either passed or what, deceased through age or, or service. Um, like for example, World War II, there was something like 54,000 South Australians that served in that war. Marching on the march just gone, there was only 25 left. So um, a lot of them, the, the, mean, the mean age of the, the veterans from World War II is now like 95 to 100. And so um, there's not many that march, but there's some that march from like the, the, the Vietnam War, uh, the Battle of Java, all these different wars that are, and, and then they've got the current soldiers that come and proceed through and they're done up in their regalia and they're marching in such form because they're, they're, they have reverence for this, this. I just, I can't get over the reverence and the order. Uh, it, it's quite, to me, it's very aesthetically beautiful. So, so um, they had flyovers of like, there was a Tiger Moth plane, 1939, which was a training aircraft in World War II. They did flyovers. They had like, um, there was a soldier there that was in a ship called the HMAS Hobart in World War II. Um, and he was in the transmitting room when the ship was torpedoed. 
during World War II, but he survived and he was there walking down the street and it was very moving to connect with these people that had seen things and sacrificed. Or like I said, it doesn't matter if they joined it because it was a boys club or because they, they, their friends were doing it or they, they weren't fully connected. It doesn't matter because they were submitting to a, a, a mandate of sacrifice that was far greater than themselves as an individual, as an individual unit. And I'm gonna get to a point. Um, and they had this group, one, one of the groups that I was really moved by, I didn't understand, was the, the group called the Tunnel Rats. And I don't know if you know what the Tunnel Rats are. Yeah, they, they were um, uh, soldiers that were in the tunnels in the Vietnam War performing search and destroy missions. Like it was just, you know, you got these Tunnel Rats and I'm like, I could never comprehend what you've sacrificed or your families. And they had Arctic convoys. Winston Churchill would say that the, some of the roughest conditions uh, that anyone would ever have to face in war were those who were doing the Arctic convoys in the sea up there. And, and then you had like, in uh, machine gun battalions and, and they were, they, the, the, some of them that were marching were taken prisoners of war in the Battle of Java and they were working on like Burma Thai railways and just people that had paid prices and really s submitted their lives for myself, I suppose, and us. And um, it was very moving. But one thing, this is the main thing that really got me and I'm going to, to pull this point out again in a few moments, is that they would salute the flag and it wasn't every single soldier that would salute the flag, but it was like the heads of the units mostly because down on the, the, the parade path, they had the flag at different points. And what they, I just noticed what they'd do is as they'd approach it, they'd make a verbal command that I didn't know specifically what they were saying, but they'd make a verbal command. And then they'd look, the, the one on the furthest right on behalf of the unit would look at the flag before they got to it and, and, and have be saluting it. And then he'd continue looking at the flag and marching forward in order until he got past it and it was never until it was behind him that he'd, he'd, he'd look ahead. So he would not take his eyes, he would submit to that flag in ceremony until he was past it and then he'd do it again at the next flag. And something about that got my attention that I didn't understand. Um, the reverence and, and I'm gonna say the submission and honour that they showed for the Australian flag was beyond my understanding and value for a nation, far beyond. Um, but I remember messaging Rachel because what happened as I was watching this ceremony is it wasn't just like, oh, I'm overwhelmed with the honour. Um, I started to feel, I actually first, the way it happened, and I'm, anyone who knows me knows that I'm not hyper-spiritual. Like I am spiritual because that's who I am. Like every, all of us are, but I'm not, I don't over-spiritualise. And, and I started to feel lightheaded and I started to, I was just standing there and I started to feel the, the glory of the Lord. And when I say the glory of the Lord, it wasn't just like a good feeling. It was the manifest um, title of the Lord, like His whole person. And because and glory means kabod, it means the weight of someone's title. That's what glory is. If you feel the glory of the Lord in the room, you're feeling the weight of His title and His, His the, the deference. That's why in Solomon's temple, the glory was so strong, the worship was so honouring that they actually couldn't stand because the title and the presence of the Lord came into the room to such an extent that it actually crushed the people, like pushed them down into submission because that's the honour that's due to His name and title, okay? And so, so I didn't understand why that was manifesting and that made me cry and I'm standing there and I was trying, I was really, I didn't, I left my sunglasses in the car so I couldn't, I couldn't put anything on and honestly, all I wanted to do, I'm standing there and I'm like, I don't understand why I'm feeling the person of the Lord, like His whole person's behind this march and, and I wanted to like go to the car and as they say, like ugly cry. I was like, I got so much in me that I don't understand that's moving that I just want to let out. And I remember messaging Rachel and I've got a, a small bit of the message thread here because I, I didn't understand what was going on. And I said, I can feel, this is the message. I said, I can feel the, the Lord's person in the glory here. I said, He has a connection to it all that I just don't understand that it's making me cry. 
And, and I said, I'm stunned that the honour given here produces the feeling of glory. But it was just, it was the fact that the glory had the person of God in it. Um, and I said, even though it wasn't directed specifically at Him, um, I said, nothing about today is worshipping the Lord specifically, but He's responding like it was. And it's like when you do a worship service and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I can feel the heavy presence of the Lord. That is exactly what it was like. And you're probably like, okay, well, why didn't anyone else, you know, in the march feel that? And I said, I say that because it's basically set apart for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear because the invisible attributes of God are made manifest through the things, or clearly seen through the things that are made. So, so I'm seeing a shadow here because I told you that soldier scripture at the start. I'm now looking at the shadow. So we're meant to be the real original, like if, 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 if something's casting the shadow that is the soldier, then we are that thing. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I need to understand what that is. Um, so we can, be, we, can, we can be that which is casting the shadow. And, and, um, and Rachel said to me, she said, the veterans honour the nation by laying down their lives and their honour demands honour. And I said, I guess it comes down to this. I said, inadvertently or advertently. So by mistake, because they joined the army or because they truly went in with a passion to serve. And I know many of them did. My grandfather was one of them. Um, I said, the veterans were equating the value of this nation with their lives. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And so she, she said to me, um, well, I felt like injustice in the, in, the, in, the, in the eternal scheme of things, in eternal justice, it doesn't matter if that soldier that was marching was gonna go through to heaven or he was not. It didn't matter what he did. It was like injustice, what you paid. Uh, the Lord was like, I'm gonna throw my person behind that because I judge that you are worthy of this honour. And, um, and Rachel said, you know why? She said, because this, God loves the spirit of a soldier. She said, because it's, it's basically the same as the spirit of a martyr. It really is. And, and like I said, it doesn't matter if they were conscripted. It doesn't matter if it, they joined it for all the wrong reasons. The reality is that when they submitted to the armed forces, they were partnering with a mandate of sacrifice that transcended their own person. And, um, and, and like I said, the saluting of the flag, I'm gonna talk about martyrs, and I'm gonna talk about witnesses in a second. But the saluting of the flag is what I want to talk about. Um, so national flag, because that's one thing that caught my attention specifically. I was like, okay, is it, they're saluting the flag. Now national flags have their origins in what's called like a military standard, meaning it was like colours, because obviously back in you know, uh, older wars, they didn't have like cell phones and like you know, um, navigational systems. They relied on like literal, a literal banner that had the commander under it, and that's how they recentered. And so you know, if you're in a war and you're like, I don't know where I'm meant to be, like where am I meant to be? And you see your colour and you see your banner, you go back to that banner and then you recenter under the banner. And that's a shadow too. Because I'm gonna talk about what banner we're meant to you know, and if you can just just press into the to the the spirit of what's being said here, because there's something um, like I said, this message is, is going to be caught as opposed to to taught, because I'm saying a lot of things, but it's going to be caught because it's an exhortation. It's a it's a do not lose heart in doing good for all of you um, while we're being shaken. Um, and so the national flag they represent. They're symbols of people, they're symbols of a nation and they're symbols of all the institutions of that nation. And I looked on the, the Australian Army's website as to why, why salute, like what does that even mean? And they said, saluting is a military custom by which a soldier signals acknowledgement of the due respect to a superior rank. And what that means, can you put up the picture? Because I saw this picture of six Anzac days ago and it moved me so much, is that when they salute the flag, when the soldiers salute the flag, hopefully it works, um, they are, because it's, it's a really powerful image of what I'm going to say. 
it's all good. Um, they, yeah, there we go. Okay, I don't know if you can see that. So that is, is a very powerful graphic that I saw, like I said, probably about six years ago. Who's gonna tell me that if, if one of those soldiers in there whose blood is buying that freedom, if they join the army because it was you know, a boys club, whatever, that they're not worthy of honour, that their blood literally purchased the peace. And that's what they're doing when they're saluting. This moved me for a long time and I saved it on my phone and I kept it. Um, because what they're doing when they're saluting a flag is they're submitting their self. It says that they only salute when they, when they identify something of superior rank. And so they're basically equating our freedom, our peacetime, our life, what we have now uh, was of superior rank to their own lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right, how is everyone? Are you okay? All right. Because if this is a shadow, it's reflecting what we are meant to be. And there's no point. I mean, I know that I know of people that have disconnected from scroll and, and very quickly after that been removed from the earth. If you're, you're here for a reason. And, and there's no point in being here if you're entangled with the affairs of this life or if you're not connected to why. But here's what I will say, because people often go, I don't know why I'm here. I don't, know, I don't know why I was born. I don't have specific details of my scroll. I'm about to talk about the mountain of God. And if you threw yourself into connecting with the mountain of God and the greater service that we're part of, you will for sure start to manifest the very specific things that you were born to do. Um, and so, God honoured these people in the march because the grassy top that we're now walking on, like our cities in our peacetime was bought by them. So He's going, thank you for, for, for giving yourselves for my reward. Because the top part, the grassy part's the Lord's reward. And He was going, thank you, like in, in effect. And He was throwing the whole weight of His title um, behind that. And you know what's interesting is they took responsibility and Todd will talk about that. There's actually few people in this, in this era that really take responsibility and, and there was a meme he actually sent me. It wasn't a funny meme. It was like a, it was like a, really, it made me think. Um, the meme was, it had a Jesus sitting next to a man on a park bench. And the man said to Jesus, he's like, so tell me, Lord, like, why do wars? Why does famine? Why does homelessness? Why does pain? Why does sickness exist in this world? And the response from Jesus was, well, I'm glad you asked me that because I was just about to ask you the same question. And I was like, that is such a cutting, but very pertinent and very true statement. It's like, Lord, why, why this, why that, why that? He's like, well, you're the one that's entrusted with the, the mandate to steward this earthen realm. You tell me why these things are happening when full provision's been made. And, and it puts responsibility on us because sometimes I think people just aren't willing to take responsibility. And I understand exactly what it's like to be consumed with the things of this world and to be consumed with self and to be, cons be consumed with needs and desires and, and really eternally nothing you build there will ever last, ever. And I've, I've learned these things the hard way and I'm still gonna, I'm gonna get tested on this word. Every time you preach here, you get tested. So last time I preached, I was like knocked at KO'd for like, you know, two months. So I'll see you in a few, but you know. <laughs> Because it's true, I can't stand up here with any integrity before the Lord and then preach this and then go, go and live my own life. I just, it doesn't work like that. And I've, I've again, learned that the hard way. And so, um, and so, but taking responsibility is a massive thing and that lends itself to purpose. So if you don't have purpose in your life, take responsibility just in general for your, for your posting on earth and, and, and things will, you'll start to get insight and direction and things will pop. Um, now, this is where in the context of saluting, I wanna paint a picture and I wanna share with you an encounter. And this is where I think if you can open your gates somewhere, I'm not gonna impart any weird stuff to you that I know of. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, I, 
No, like just, no, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> but just, just, just be sensitive to what the Lord might be speaking to you about and pull what you need from this encounter. Because this encounter is probably the very thing that's got me through some of the most challenging things that I've ever journeyed. And, um, and, and it's, a, it's an encounter I had in 2019. Um, I was in my bedroom oh, at my parents' house. I was living with my parents. And I started to have not what I would call an outer body experience. It, yes, it was, but it wasn't. But I was very aware of my body. I would more than anything call it a bilocated experience. So I was aware that I was here on the earth and I was aware that I was also up here, wherever here was. And I don't know if you've ever had prophetic encounters where as you're going somewhere and you start to see something, the more that you look and engage, it becomes clearer. And then the vision takes more, more substance. And I was aware that I was at the base of a mountain. And, and I was at the base of this mountain and I just saw the mountain at first. And, and I was aware that the mountain was a mountain in its own right, but also the mountain was specifically the Father. I want you to catch what I'm saying because this, this encounter and this place is what we need to, to be consumed with to execute the mandates that we have on the earth. Because this is, I'm painting a meta-narrative picture, but all the things I'm saying are gonna be applicable to the, the micro-narratives in your, in your life. Um, and so, because every person in Christ in this room, and I'll explain, is, is, is where I'm describing now. It doesn't matter if you feel it or not because your subjective experience is not the plumb line of truth. So I, I'm, I, I believe, like for me, just because you don't feel it, just because it doesn't manifest now, just because you're not seeing it and you're bound, because a lot of the time we don't see things, I've learned that too, and still learning. It's because we're so tethered to the flesh and our idols are here and they keep us earthbound. Um, and idols aren't even, anyway, that's a whole other tangent. They're not even what we necessarily think they are. But, uh, but, but what I'm saying is, if you haven't had this experience, it doesn't mean it's not true. Um, so I was at the base of this mountain, and I became aware of people that was, they were, I became aware of people that were surrounding me, and there were there were thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. And honestly, the feel was that not a single person that has ever been created was missing. Now that wouldn't have been the case, but that's how it felt. And it was people from, from every nation, every, that Scripture that says all tongues, all languages, all people, all nations shall serve Him. And they were all there. And honestly, we were, you know what it felt like? It felt like we were one blood. That's what it felt like. We were, we were one family because I saw that the, the, the people that were there, they weren't grouped in any way. Like it wasn't like, you know, the nation of Africa was there, Australia, da, da, da. If you were married to someone, it didn't feel like you were even, even beside them. If you had a father or a sibling or a church group, you were not next to that person, you were scattered amongst the heavenly family. And it was all tribes, all nations, all tongues, all generations. And I saw specifically the man that was right in front of me was an African man and I knew he'd died in, in the 1930s. And he was wearing traditional African clothing, like a, like a skin. And he had um, a staff and he was dancing a traditional, like a, 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 an African dance that meant, I knew it meant very much to him on the earth. And all of them were actually dancing. All of them were actually, um, undignified, that was the word. They were so undignified, it was actually unbelievable. And I was, I was watching it all and I was aware of my body and in my body I was puddled. Like I was like melted because it was overwhelming and I was crying in my body, but it was impossible to cry there. Like impossible to cry. Because it wasn't like, you know, you just, it wasn't like weird and disassociated. Because it does say, there shall be no more tears, no more crying and no more pain for the former things have passed away. And that was the vibe of this place. And I knew that this place was the end of all things, but it was happening now. So this is real, this is happening now. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, it is happening. Your subjective experience is not the plumb line of truth. It talks about the mountain. It says, now you have come to Mount Zion, now. 
Okay, so, and that heavenly company and the innumerable, innumerable company of angels. And so, and so, so the saints were, were I guess it was the saints, it was, because there were people that were passed away there. I saw, I actually saw a lot of people that had been aborted. I knew that they were there, but there were also people that were on earth now that were there. Because I had a friend at the time who was going through terminal cancer and she was there, but she was still alive on the earth. I saw her and that gave me a lot of courage for her journey because she was here and there was such ecstatic joy like such ecstatic joy. I remember in my body, all I kept saying was like, oh God, like there's so much joy. Like there's so much joy. Like it was overwhelming. I remember saying, there's so much joy. Oh my gosh. And I wrote it in my journal like eight times. Like there's so much joy. Like there was so much joy. It was, they were ecstatically praising and there was a unified sound that was going up from them. And, and that's exactly what you guys did before. I couldn't believe it when I was on the drums, when I was, I was like, that's exact, that unified sound. Whenever Todd says, you know, give a shout of praise, that is exactly the same spirit and the same feel when you've got many, many, many voices and many, many, many people unifying, that's exactly what they were all doing there. There was a unified, sustained shout that I knew it was eternal and I knew it was never going to end. And I knew it was happening now, but like I said, the end of time was happening, but it was now. And, but it was the end of time, but it was also now. And, um, and I knew that the very substance and the essence of that place, the very essence, like the spirit of that place was the victory of the Lord. Like it was the, the actual tangible victory of the Lord. Like they were all shouting to the Lamb specifically, the Lamb. And, and I knew that everything, like I, 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 the enemy specifically was, was removed from memory. And I say that very carefully because it wasn't like the Lord was like, send people to earth and then He goes, oh, sorry, like, sorry that I, that I sent you to earth and you had to go through so much stuff. I'm going to like, you know, put an amnesic wall up and you're gonna disassociate from that for the rest of eternity. It was overcome. And that's why it was removed from memory. It's like when you go through something and you overcome it, you don't think about it anymore. It doesn't mean it didn't happen and there's not recompense for that, but it just means that it's been overcome. So it's no longer like front and centre. And that was the, the way that the enemy was there. It was like, he, you actually couldn't think of him. I could think of him on the earth. It was a very strange experience because I could, I could think of him on the earth, but I, that made me aware that he was non-existent in that place, completely non-existent. And, um, and, Every single thing, every trauma, every pain, it's that Scripture, I think I have it here, you don't need to put it up. But it says, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and He will dwell with them. And they shall be His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. It was such a, a unity, like it felt like we were one with the Lord, but we were one with each other, but we were all one blood. Um, and there was genuinely no segregation at all. And we all, like I said, it felt like no one was missing that was ever created. Um, and it was such a comprehensive overcoming victory, you know? And um, it says, And God will wipe every tear from their eyes and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, and there shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. And then it says, And, he, and, and then Him who sat on the throne, He said, Behold, I make all things new. And He said to me, it says, Write for these words are faithful and true. And then He said, It is done. Again, I said it was the consummation of the age. He said, It is done. He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. He said, I'm the beginning and the end. And then it says, to him who overcomes, he shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he will be my son. And, and that was the feel of the place. And so I need you to know, I'm telling you as someone who's witnessed that place, that, that it is happening now. It is not a future event. It's not a future event. And I, do I understand how that happens? Well, uh, no, not necessarily, but, but everything is overcome and, 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 and victory has been served like now, like it was, it was the end of time. And 
what happened after that encounter? Actually, the other scripture that relates to it, where it says, it says, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard. It says, nor has it entered into the, the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. But the next scripture, it says, but He has revealed them to us by His Spirit. So the Lord revealed this to me. It's like, okay, it was like a, a realm of, okay, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, hasn't entered into the heart of man the things you've prepared for me but you've shown me, to, shown me them by your Spirit. And it was such a marking experience that I was, and I, maybe I will, I don't know. I was gonna get a tattoo on my, on my wrist because it was such a, such a, such a, um, a marking experience that I wanted it to mark me forever. I was like, I need to be connected to this place forever. Um, and we are, but a lot of the time we're not aware of it. Um, and what happened after that experience is that, um, I started doing this strange thing that I didn't, <laughs> that I didn't understand uh, is that when I do things on the earth, like pray for a sick person or lead worship or whatever, I'd salute that place. I know that sounds, I was like, you know how you have these prophetic people that do these weird little rituals and they hope no one sees them. So I'd come out, you know, to lead worship and I'd be like, all right, is anybody looking? Nope, all right, gotcha. And then I'd pick up my guitar and, <laughs> and you, you used to do something like that too. <laughs> Outed, <laughs> no. He used it. It's a thing. And I was like, okay, I, just, I, I didn't know why. I'm like, I need to salute this place. And I'd go and pray for a sick person, healing rooms, whatever. And I'd be like, see, they're looking. And they're like, all right, gotcha. All right, let's pray. And, and I don't know what it was. I was, I was, I just did it. And, um, and I, you know what? I don't do it any, I don't do it enough, I suppose. It's, it's, but now that, that behaviour, I guess, has come into context through this revelation in that what I was doing without my own understanding when I was saluting, was I was, like they do the flag, I was submitting myself to a greater mandate. And, and it was all just innate behaviour. And I'm like, okay, I pick up the guitar, I'm gonna lead worship and I just hope that I connect with the mountain. But I was, what I was doing, like a, like, a, like a soldier submits himself to something that's far transcendent, a mandate that's far more transcendent, uh, a, a spirit of sacrifice that's far transcendent than them. That's what I was doing. I was like, I submit to this mandate because the only reason that I exist on this earth is to fulfill whatever, whatever needs to be administrated from there to here. That is the only reason I exist. And if I'm not fulfilling that, I, and I will get tested on this. So here we go. Like, I may as well get off this planet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I may as well. And I, I've had to learn that. And, and, and I'm still learning it. But I go, I'm, I'm only connected, like I'm here. It says I cannot be, if I take that Scripture seriously, because that was my Scripture two years, Scripture two years ago and I, buggered it up two years in a row. So <laughs> here's take three, you know, like, I'm like, a soldier is not concerned with the affairs of this life, but they are consumed with the eternal mandate for which they're sent. Because when a soldier goes to war, I know they get up to all sorts of things, but in its pure form, it's like they are, they are sent on assignment and they do their assignment, they establish what they need to establish and they get out of there. That's exactly what we are. Um, and so, and so but, but what, what, I was, what you need to understand is your flag is that mountain, okay? because I was saluting it. So, so the flag, like I said, it represents, you know what a flag represents? I said before, it represents a nation, it represents its people, and it represents its institutions. So that mountain is our people, it's our family, it's our, it's our institutions, it's our kingdom, that's ours. And so uh, when you salute that and you submit your life, you, you're, that's the only reason you're here. Um, that's, that's, our, that's our flag. The, for me, the, it's Mount Zion is my flag because the overwhelming victory of the Lord that's there, it's, it's, it was fully on, the substance of that place was the victory of the Messiah. There was nothing else that sustained it. And actually the closest, if you've ever seen the new Lion King, um, the new animation, that scene at the start where you've got Simba's being lifted up at Pride Rock and you've got all the different animal types 
and you've got like the, the, the elephants doing this and then giraffes bowing. That is that's the closest thing I've ever seen on earth to the mountain because it was the scattering of different tribes and types and, and then a resounding sound of glory. That's what it was. And so um, when I saluted that place, I was submitting my service here to the superiority of that realm. And like I said before, if you are on this planet and you're disconnected from mandate or scroll and you go, I don't know the specifics, you actually don't need to always know the specifics. I swear to you, I promise you, and you, you can tell me how it works for you. If you just engage with the mountain and that mandate and that resounding sound of victory and that place where you're already seated, I guarantee you, you would start to manifest everything that you were born here to do because that's your flag, that's your, you, you, you live at that place and then you serve here. And it does say that in Obadiah, it says, on Mount Zion will be those who escape or there will be deliverance and it will be holy. And it says, then the house of Jacob will possess their possessions. So, so your possessions, are, I, that's what the Scripture says. It's, I'm not making that up, it's Obadiah 117. Because probably, I don't know how many of you in this room have ever read Obadiah. I, I haven't, I just know that Scripture. <laughs> But it says, it says, on Mount Zion will be those who escape or there will be deliverance. And it says, only there will the house of Jacob possess their possessions. So if you're struggling for purpose, engage with that place. I, my, my revelation of mandate and government specifically came after that encounter, I think. <laughs> it did, hope. Um, I, 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 as it <laughs> just because God's watching, you know, I'm like, oh. But I guarantee you, um, and so there was, before I'm gonna land real soon and I'm gonna sing for you a song. And I hope I don't get nervous and my fingers cramp because that's happened to me twice now when I've sung in front of people. When I did a wedding, I was like, oh, sing that classic, can't help falling in love with you song. And, I'm, and then she's coming down the aisle and my hands are like, mm. I'm like, oh. so I had to just sing over it. Did you remember that? Yep. <laughs> Why do you remember that? <laughs> I was like, oh, can't help And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And then I went up to them after, I'm like, I'm sorry, and they didn't notice. So that's all that matters. But I, I uncovered my own nakedness before them, you know, and mum was like, I got recordings of the wedding. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to see them. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so regrets. <laughs> um, do you want, this is the last thing I want to say before I go into Rachel's word, um, which is pertaining to this encounter as well, is if you can put up Hebrews 12, What's really interesting? Um, we well, you'd know this scripture, probably, I hope you do. Um, no, Hebrews 12, verse one to two. Okay. Sorry. This is, a, this is part of the, as Henry said the other day, this is the FOD starter pack. Have any of you seen those memes? Peppermint oil. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't seen those memes, it's not, it's not important. But, um, <laughs> So, so, okay, therefore we also are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Now, don't go to the next Scripture. I'm just gonna leave it on this. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run the race, run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, we hear that heaps of times. We go, cloud of witnesses. Like, who are the cloud of witnesses? Witnesses, this and that. Like, if you look into the root of that word, it's, it's, it's witnesses specifically. We're surrounded, and I was surrounded by a great cloud. And like I said, some of them, 
I'm not, I'm not throwing a theological spanner in the works. Some of them, was, I was there and I'm still alive here and many of them were. And you, were all, you would have all been there. Like it felt like everyone was there, but they were surrounding me, encompassed by a great cloud of witnesses. Now, if you look into the root of that word witnesses, it appears probably about 30 times in the New Testament. And do you know what it actually has been translated as? Or well, the only, the only, yeah, three, three other times it's translated martyr. And so that could literally be translated because the word martyr is, that's used in the New Testament is this word here, witnesses. So you could actually say, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of martyrs, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Can you just keep it up? Um, I said before, Rachel was talking to me and she said, the spirit of a soldier is, the, is, is synonymous, the same as the spirit of a martyr. And you can be given, you know, what a because martyr and witness is synonymous. You can be on the earth living as a martyr because you are actually sold out for the flag. And so it says, you are at the base of that mountain. Now, uh, it says, you have come to Mount Zion, which means it's not a future event. Um, and we are surrounded there by so great a cloud of those who are willing to serve and willing to do their posts and, and willing to submit to something a greater, like the soldiers were, like the spirit of a soldier is a mandate of sacrifice that is so much greater than, your, than yourself. Um, and you get called a martyr. No, that's as Top would say, the editing machine. Because it's funny to me, but most people, anyway. Um, <laughs> no, so it says, we're surrounded. <laughs> Find you, you know, like say it. It's like no, I can't say it. Um, and you know what it says of them? It says they are not made perfect apart from us. So we are part of a heavenly family, and we're now that you know what we are. We're now the soldiers in that picture that are holding up the land. That's us. And it's a shadow of who 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 we are. We are we are called to be those soldiers that that provide. I mean, I could run through. I'm not going to do it, but I could run through Hebrews 11 and, and talk about all the heroes of the faith. It says in that scripture that time would fail the writer to tell of all those heroes, and it says of them the world was not worthy, and they are not made perfect apart from the fulfilment of our mandate of our posting. So they came before us, and there'll be some that come after. But we're here. You have a specific mandate, a specific assignment. You're sent as a soldier to furnish the earth with that and then get out of here. And your life is a vapour and you don't get long. And if you're disconnected from that mandate, you, 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 you may as well not be serving here because you've got to see your life as service. That is the reality, the scriptural reality of what it is. Your life here, your time here, your time in an earthen vessel will pass away. Uh, but it's while you're here, it's not about yourself because it says this, it says, um, if one died for all, being Christ, then all died. And then it says, now those who live, they, sh they should not live for themselves, but for Him who loved them and gave Himself up for them. And it says, your life is not your own. And my scripture at the start of this year, I get one most years, it said, um, for those, it says, whoever tries to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so this is where I'm going to land because like I said, there's, there's a whole lot of things I've tossed out, but I. I hope that you can take what you need. This is what I'm trying to do, an exhortation or a word of encouragement so that you can take what you need from this Word, what you need from that place, uh, what you need to run the race set before you to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares you and not lose heart in doing good because it says, for in due time, contingent on if you don't give up, 
That's what it says. You will reap a reward, but if you don't give up. And so you can have people that are alive, but they're dead. Like they're, they're the living dead. They're, no, no, it's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. It's, it's like they're, they're dead. In, on, in, <laughs> Courtney's in the live stream room. I think she knows what meme I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> anyway. So, so you can be completely dead because you're, you're disconnected from mandate and oftentimes those people end up exiting the earth some way. And, and, and that you, you've got to be consumed and connected here by purpose because that's the only reason you're here. And so Rachel, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land with this, with this. Rachel probably, I'm going to say it was October, end of October last year. Um, she was leading worship here and she was singing a song that went amazing in practice. She'd done the song before um, and, and it wasn't like a, it wasn't anything different or unusual about the song. And I was on drums, it was a morning service. And um, she, was, she was here. And she, she basically, I'm gonna say that she was divinely interrupted in that she, whether she couldn't hear the song or, or it just wasn't coming together. And that wasn't of her doing, it was, it was a divine interruption because I'm on the drums and I felt the Lord say to me, I need you to pay attention. And that doesn't, normally happen, even though you do have to pay attention to play, to play the drums and like do it. But it was like, pay attention to what's being established here. And I watched her sort of, you know, like I felt for her because she, I knew that the Lord was doing something, but she, she was probably, you know, and she wasn't hearing the, like, it just didn't, the song didn't come together and that was the Lord's doing. And then she actually cut the whole song and she stopped and she released this word, which has become because I'm only saying this because the Lord told me to pay attention to this specific word because it relates to this place, the mountain. Um, and I've got exact, the exact transcript or, you know, paraphrase, not the exact, a paraphrased transcript of what she said here. And then I'm gonna actually sing the song. Um, she said, she stopped it all and she said, I want to share something that I saw before the meeting when we were out the back praying. And she said, I saw layers of praise because you've got to think about that, that cry and that victory sound that I just described to you at the mountain, these layers of praise. Um, she said, I, I saw layers of praise joining an echoing of worship that was resounding throughout eternity. And she said, our praise was being, so you've got this eternal praise, this eternal song. She said, our praise here, while we're here, posted here, was being added to that eternal song. And, um, and she said, and I heard the Lord say, this is the hallelujahs from age to age to age. And she said, and as we join with the hallelujahs from age to age to age, that was what established His throne. And she said, and I saw His throne being established on eternal praise. That's exactly what I saw at the mountain. It was a, it was a continual, eternal, victorious, resounding shout of praise that was going up. And it was all in the honour of the victory of specifically the Lamb. And, and she said, I saw that the praise we give Him, the heart we give Him. So not the heart being your, your posture towards Him throughout all your life, not just in a worship service or a church. She said, it's not lost in a moment, which you can read into and say, it's not lost in the temporal. Like I said, everything you build here is gonna pass away. Anything you build there is gonna last forever. And so she said, it continues to go out and it continues through dimensions and through realms and it resounds throughout all eternity. Anything that you do that glorifies the Lord now. And she said, it was the resounding hallelujahs from age to age to age. And she said, and as we added our layer of praise to that, she said, I heard the Lord say, this is the sound of the many waters, which is exactly what I described to you before. 
And she said, it was the hallelujahs from age to age to age. And she said, and we get the opportunity now to join with that. And don't think of it just in the context of a praise song. Think of it in the context of you get to add your part to, to the eternal mandate of, of, of administrating the victory of the Lamb, the, the mountain, that flag that you're called to submit to and exalt. Um, because another thing I wanna to establish tonight is like the people would get there. I understand there's seasons where you've got to be self-focused and deal with things, but, but you will, do that much quicker if you're consumed with something bigger than yourself. Um, it expedites that whole journey. And, and I mean, I find like I get nervous. Do I get nervous when I lead worship? Yes, but I come out and as soon as I connect with, with the mandate, I completely lose self-consciousness. It's because I'm connecting with something that's way greater than myself. And so that's, that, that principle can be applied to all, all areas of your life. That's what I'm saying. If you're struggling with finding connection to purpose, why am I born? Connect with this mountain. Because it says there, that's where the house of Jacob possessed their possessions. Um, and so she said, yeah, Lord, so this is the sound of the many waters. She said, and our hallelujahs and the praise that comes from a spirit and truth heart place, she said, it never gets lost. It says, she said, your praise continues through all eternity in the eternal realm, joining with the other ages, which is exactly what I saw, other eras, through dimensions, through realms and into eternity. She said, it's the resounding sound. Her words were the resounding sound of Lord, you deserve it all. And she said, the resounding sound of, I, I don't know what to say, but like, holy, holy, holy. And she said, um, we get to in this lifetime, in this posting, in this mission, she said, we get to join our songs and join the motivations of our heart to this resounding hallelujah. And then she talked about it being an ongoing eternal legacy, which is exactly what I've talked about because when we die, our four, uh, the people that come after us, we're not gonna be made perfect apart from them. And so it's, it's one family, we're one blood. And she said, we get to add the sounds of our mouths and the motivations of our hearts to the eternal resounding hallelujahs of the heaven. And then she sung this tag and um, it goes, I'll sing it to you in a sec. I might sing it, I don't know if the, pad, the pads might be a bit high in a high key, but so I won't necessarily sing it now. But it said, she said, the sound of our praise is rising, joining the hallelujah. And she just, oh, sound of our praise is rising. So she said, the sound of our praise is rising to you. The sound of our praise is rising, joining the hallelujah. And I heard her sing that. And I was like, I know that place. I know that that's my flag. Something in me went, hey, that's my, that's my flag. And I took that song and I took, these, the, I took that tag and I took these words and then, then we, built, we built a song around that that we've sung here before. It's called Joining the Hallelujah. We've only sung it a couple times. I'm gonna sing it now. Because what I want you to do when I, when I sing it is I want you to take what you need from that place, whether it be courage, whether it be a vision, whether it be like, whether it means that you have to lay something down and sacrifice something again. Like I want you when I sing it, cause it's, it's not the most pumping song, but it carries, cause it, cause it came exactly from Rachel's mouth. It carried her word. And because I've also been there, I was able to connect with that word and write lyrics that I hope are gateways to that place and to that reality. And so what I'm gonna do, and we'll transition into communion after, I'll, I'll give you a heads up. Um, but like I said, your time on earth is not your own and you were bought at a price. Um, you, you, it, says, it says, you were bought at a price to not become slaves to men. In other words, don't become slave of the flesh. So I'm gonna sing that, Carl. <laughs> isn't Carl, Carl is always there when you need him, isn't he? Anyone knows that, that's on our worship team or on any, any of our teams. Um, but if you just wanna stand 
and engage. I'm not, they're gonna put the lyrics up, I think, but you don't have to sing. I just need you to engage with the spirit of this place. And you can sing and I'll probably do some free worship and stuff like that. But what I said, I need you to get what you need from this place to connect with, connect with that place, connect with that mandate. Thanks, Carl. All right, we're gonna swap it out.
over us as we engage with communion, understanding that we can actually draw something from draw something from that heavenly encounter. We can draw something. It's a real place even right now. But this, we are all connected as we do communion together. I believe that there is going to be for some of us, or maybe for many of us, a corporate ascension in this place even right now. Thanks, Manny. So just take your communion when you feel when you feel ready to take it. Just start to take it and just drink in what's being sung.
are soaking just for a little while, just for five, five minutes or so. Maddie's just going to keep playing. And this was all about encounters, an encounter message tonight. I want to encourage you, whatever it looks like for you, to just be in a place where you can just engage with that message. Draw from that mountain. Draw from that place. Whatever you need, even right now, just, just for a few minutes, just, just connect in with that. Just connect in with that. So just allow right now this music, the sound to wash over you. There's a frequency of heaven in this place, but everything about the message tonight was an invitation. It's all a beautiful invitation on truth, on a foundation of truth, of who we are, of where we are right now, and what we can access right now. So literally just start to go to that place in your heart. I don't want to chop and change and start moving the service into another place. I want people to be able to engage and receive exactly what God would have for you tonight from that realm.
see that in the atmosphere's reverence. That's the manifestation of Maddie's message. We're going to say see you later to the live streamers. Thank you so much for tuning in. Look forward to seeing you again on Sunday morning or next Tuesday night.